0: The Bulldog Radio Podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown, Bulldog!
1: It's the MVSP season four, episode five. I'm Joe Nagy, joined by Brandon Worth. Brandon, how you doing? I'm doing great today, man. I'm glad to hear that, Brandon. That's so good to hear. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, Vibing, thriving, and I'm living my best life.
2: Yeah, mic check, headset check, vibe check.
1: We're Everything's all good to go. But boy, do we have a great show for you guys today. We're going to start off with a fantastic interview with Coach Ryan Hodges from the football team, defensive coordinator. Uh, what a great interview, Brandon. Super, super cool. Super cool. Super cool guy. He was so genuine. It was a really good time. We're so excited for you guys to listen to that. After the interview, we're going to hop in the Fair State Sports Report, some college football, some uh. NFL football probably after that, but man, it's going to be a good show for you guys. So without further ado, Brandon,
2: let's swing it to the interview.
1: And now joining us in studio, Coach Ryan Hodges, defensive backs coach and defensive coordinator for the Fair State football team. Coach, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Coach, it's an honor to have you on, and especially after a a great performance at Lenore Ryan. Just talk about how that unit played overall, and especially at the beginning of the season, also including the Central Washington game.
0: Well, I thought at Central Washington, you know, week one, you always have a a few of those mistakes that you want to iron out and get better at. And I thought, you know, from week one to week two, we really improved. And um, we were a lot more sound. You know, week one, we were a little bit too aggressive at times. Where week two, it was everybody kind of shored up a little bit of what they do right, especially in the run game. You know, everybody sees Caleb Murphy's stats and in, in his sacks. But what you might not have seen was the fact that he was very dominant in the run game. And all our, our whole D line was, you know, but at times, you know, those guys that get a little sack happy end up not doing their job on run plays. And those guys did a phenomenal job, including Caleb.
1: Yeah, and especially with the defense being so sound, even from secondary to D line to linebackers, everybody like you said was doing their job. How like important is that, especially you know to hold the Lenore Ryan team, who's very good, to not even getting a touchdown for the first time and probably a long time for their program. You know how proud are you, especially to see your guys, you know, perform that well?
0: Um, obviously very proud. You know, there we have a lot of guys who who can play, and we try to get a lot of guys on the field, especially for the longevity of things. You know, so we're constantly counting snaps and making sure that you know, none of our guys are playing every single snap and that um, it's a whole unit thing where there's around, you know, 20 to 22 guys that play significant stamps snaps in a game. And for us, you know, doing your job's the most important, the for most sure. critically important thing, because, you know, sometimes guys get caught up in the moment and caught up in, I, I, want, I want mine as well as the team to shine. But if you're not doing your job, it's hard to get yours, you know, for so sure. to see guys just kind of take care of their responsibilities first and make plays from there is really good. And I think we can only get better from here.
2: Yeah. And obviously do your job, a big part uh, of the mama metal, or excuse me, motto of the team last year. And obviously getting to the top, winning the national championship, just talk about that feeling, being able to, to get back to McKinney and bring home a trophy on the plane.
0: Well, you know, being there a second time really gave me a little bit more perspective on things. Um, You know the first time you're there you get caught up a little bit maybe too much in the hoopla and all the you know the the what do you call the the distractions that show up during that week you know so so we had an extra day of practice before we left so that helped us and then we we practiced the day we left as opposed to when we went last time we went there and practiced You know, so we got two more practices in this time before we left where we could have played the game as soon as we got there and we felt pretty good. And then the other thing as a coach, you know, I made sure us coaches worked as late as we had to to make sure that the players um, days felt exactly the same. You know, because with all the travel time, you know, you lose a lot of time to work. You know, so we worked after dinner and made sure that our players had the exact same schedule as if we were at home. And I think a lot of that helped just that experience of being there and not getting caught up and focusing on why we're there, you know, as opposed to, you know, enjoying it so we can enjoy it after we win. Yeah, for sure. I'm
2: sure there's a lot of people that didn't realize all the things like me and Joe went there only two days a day before. And that was a lot. I can't imagine what you guys did uh, with a couple of days there.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, especially like those long games and, uh, you know, those long roads that you have to go for those road games, like what's that like for you to kind of stay locked in and, you know, th- just the approach that you have, especially with that mentality. I mean, going into Lenore Ryan, that's, you know, near a thousand miles away, going to Texas, even those, you know, road trips to, you know, Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan and stuff like that. How do you stay uh, locked in and just getting ready to prepare to be a coach?
0: So I I tell my family that it's going to be longer days. Tell the coaches, like, everything just kind of gets bumped up a day. Mm -hmm. You know, usually I start working on typing my game plan uh, Thursday night after practice. And then on Friday morning, we we got these books, these scout books we put together as defensive coaches to show our guys the plays. And we'll put that together, and I'll write the script for it, you know, Friday morning, iron out the kinks and have everything done. I make tests for my DBs and, and linebackers. You know, and I'll write those up throughout Friday morning. Well, now all that stuff has to be done Thursday night. So then my game plan got typed up Wednesday night as opposed to Thursday night. So everything just gets compounded and and compacted into a shorter period of time because then, you know, on top of that, you got to pack, you got to prepare for all the little things you need to do. And absolutely. And so it just just changes when we do things from a coaching perspective and just kind of speeds it all up. So everything's done. And when you get on the trip, you're not worrying about, okay, I still got to do this. I still got to do that. It's all done. And then you can focus on the little things to make sure your players are good and in the hotel and, you know, getting the rest they need because there's a little bit of a different excitement there. And, but I think the, it builds camaraderie being mm-hmm. on the road together, you for know. Sure. So w- you kind of enjoy those trips. And we've done well on the road and we've handled business on the road. So I think it's, it's been good for us.
2: Yeah, for sure. You mentioned rest. Obviously, you guys on a bye week this week now taking time away from uh, coaching for a weekend. What are those things that you do to kind of get away from football? Do you look at scouting on the other teams during this week or do you take time away to be with family, do other things outside of football?
0: Well, we try to keep the week as much the same as we can for our guys. So we practice our normal Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Friday, I'll probably be on the road recruiting, you know, just kind of going to watch games and stuff. I don't get to do that a lot during the season because so much game planning and preparation goes on uh saturday i'll probably actually become a fan of college football again because i yes. don't get to do that all the time for yeah sure. but in a sense i'll be a fan but i'll be watching next week's opponent or opponents upcoming you know i'll watch their games live so at my household you know me and my wife like to watch football but sometimes like last uh the f- first weekend when we played on Thursday, it was all about watching Lenore Ryan. It wasn't mm-hmm. like Michigan, Michigan State or anything like that. And we'll watch some of those too, but I'm always trying to watch the future opponent rather than watching other games. Um, so Saturday will be a little bit more relaxing, not as intense as having a game. And then yeah. Sunday becomes normal again, you know, so we get right into our normal yeah, right routine. Yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. So it's Friday and Saturday will be the only days that are a little bit different. Yeah, and you said
1: speaking of upcoming opponents, I mean Waldorf is coming up the week after, and then you got Saginaw Valley and Grand Valley. Don't uh, forget so, Finley and Finley as well. Yeah. And yeah. Finley as well. Thanks for the catch there. <laughs> those are four pretty tough opponents to open up. Uh, you yeah, know, off the bye week. What's that approach now? Kind of getting those guys ready, especially coming off the bye week. Like, what's your approach for that?
0: Well, we we try to take one at a time, so it's really all about Wal- Waldorf. Mm-hmm. You know, they're undefeated. Um, I anticipate them winning this weekend. So, you know, they they'll have four games under their belt, and we'll only have two. Um so they're NAIA, but they are an undefeated NAIA. And anytime somebody comes in, you know, the only team that has a chance to beat you is the team you're playing. For sure. You know, so I've already watched a lot of their film um and just trying to stay on top. They got some unique formations, they got some good skill players. Uh their interior offensive line is pretty big guys. And um the quarterback gets rid of the ball quick and he's a he's a good athlete, you know. So I think our guys will be focused and determined to to play at our best. Um, for any opponent that comes here so uh, i'm looking forward to it you know bye weeks to me are are good and bad you know sometimes you get out of the routine and i don't like that but sometimes it's it's needed so it's probably a good time to have a bye considering we were just on the road on a long road trip so when it comes down to it you get that extra rest you know after a big road trip like that and then you know we don't like to look ahead much, but Finley's a playoff team from last year. Saginaw has potential to be a playoff team, and Grand Valley is Grand Valley. You know, so you do got three really good opponents uh coming up after Waldorf, who's also an undefeated really good opponent. You know, so the stretch doesn't hurt us. It, the grind, we 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 almost like appreciate the grind. For you sure. You know, we we love games like this this is why you play the game so our, our guys are looking forward to all of those contests
2: absolutely and you've built a, a great coaching staff with a lot of great coaches like coach smith and coach caserta and coach anise as well um, just talk about the relationship you've had with those defensive coaches and even the other ones on the offensive side that you guys compete with week in and week out on the practice field
0: yeah i mean me and coach smith have worked together since 2014 which holy crap i can't believe it's been that long so, <laughs> i mean we've uh we've built a good bond you know uh our kids get along together his twin daughters are the same grade as my oldest cash um, his youngest uh, Shiloh is the same grade is and that's actually has class together with um, my second oldest Levi you know we go to each other's birthday parties all that stuff you yeah. know so it's it's been a really good relationship um, he does a lot with our running game you know, so he's the defensive run game coordinator and he understands how teams are going to block us. And he, he draws up all those cards and he understands some stuff up front that I don't. And he's like my calming force when it comes to me wanting to pressure sometimes, you know, um, as far as Grant, Grant. Grant's been great. You know, he's probably one of our only linebacker coaches that we've had here that actually played linebacker in college, you know, so um, which is good for our guys because he's got that perspective, you know, and he's only been here one year. And, and, um, you know, the guys really like him and he does a really good job at teaching them the things that they need to know. Um, And he builds good relationships as well. And then Tony, we call him Young Tony or Tony Jr even though it's his uncle not his dad. Mm-hmm. Um but but Tony does a phenomenal job. Uh, he's our defensive pass game coordinator and really like since Tony's come it's kind of allowed me more freedom to look at scheme and, and talk to my players and, and like you know make sure everybody's good from a mental standpoint and, and as well as you know ready to execute our scheme. You know, so you said defensive back coach and actually Tony's been really the DB coach since uh, last year. Last year he he took it over. You know, 2019 is the last year I kind of ran that room. And he was with me yeah in the room you know and in and coaching as well and, and spoke up a lot and it takes a lot for me to relinquish control of something like that i've been for coaching sure. dbs for a long time but he does such a good job and he sees things that i don't see you know so to let him take it over was a no-brainer for me you know so i actually coach the strongs we call it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's the like alley defender to the field the strong side outside linebacker some people will call it a nickel some people call it a rover we call ourselves the strongs mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> oh, i yeah coach I coach that position now and so that also gives me freedom at times if I I need to go watch coach smith and what's going on with the d-line or watch the linebackers I can send the strongs with the dbs I can send them with the linebackers and I can you know watch what else is going on for sure
1: yeah, and, you know, speaking of the big man, Big Tony, uh, you know, you've been with him for a long time. You've got a long-standing relationship with him going from Montrose, Muskegon, Muskegon Community College. You know, you've been with him for so long. What was that relationship like, uh, and how has that kind of, like, budded along those kind of periods of life to now being at Ferris State?
0: It's crazy to think about, you know, I played for him in 1994. How long ago was that?
1: Uh, that's... Before I was born. I just uh, going to say, uh, how, hey, how, how gonna old gonna say eight, were you guys? Eight years before I was born. Uh, I was about <laughs> yeah. to say, yeah, got a couple years there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's hard to believe that that was that long ago. But I was, I was a sophomore in high school, and I played for him. And, you know, I, I tease and say he was a lot meaner back then, you know, a lot more stern. You know, he's always been a great head coach. I mean, we had a streak when he left of 61 regular season games in a row at Montrose. And that was after my sophomore year when he left my junior year and senior year. I played quarterback. And when I left, it was at, I want to say 80, 79, maybe something like that, you know, in a row. And so, you know, he, he's always demanded a lot out of his players, but he's always been a, a guy who puts family first as well. You for know, sure. that's kind of what what attracts me to be here and stay with him is because, you know, at one point I was a single dad and and he understood that, you know, and, and allowed me to work here a lot as opposed to going on the road, you know, when I was a single father. So he he gets it, you know, he gets it. He's here for the right reasons. And so when I left or when he left and then I continued my playing career at Montrose, then I came to Ferris Mm -hmm. and played football. And at some point during that, I decided I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. And once he heard that I decided that, he said, well, come work for me first. You know, so when I did my student teaching, um, I chose Muskegon High School. You know, people thought I was crazy, but I want to go coach there. I want to go coach with one of the best. You know, so and and I started co- teaching and coaching there in 2003. I was a student teacher. How old were you guys at? Two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Two still in diapers. In I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. So so I started coaching with him really legitimately in 2003 as a you know student teacher. And you know, Muskegon we had we had some good runs. We won three state championships, and I became a JV head coach. Got to lead you know, a team myself for a few years. So that was, that was a pretty cool th- experience. And then my last season there, I got moved up to coach DBs on varsity and I've been coaching DBs ever since until, you know, a couple years ago. And then, you know, when he got the job opportunity at GRCC, really for me, it was a no brainer. Like I didn't have much of a, a choice, but to, you know, kind of follow and, and see how far this can go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of want to I have some goals of coaching at as high of a level as I can get to, but I'm not, you know, just going to take a job just to take a job. You know, I think the quality of life with coaching Ease is better than I can get anywhere else. So why would I change that? absolutely you've
2: been to a lot of places been under a lot of coaches and of course with ta for such a ton time and he's one of the best the best as you said and just getting all of that knowledge as a player and then as an assistant and then as a coach uh leading into last year of course getting the honor of being the uh the football scoop d2 coordinator of the year just talk about that honor and the group of guys that you had that just put on a spectacular season last year
0: well for me it was just a culmination of you know a lot of hard work I, i love the you know I don't know. To me, the accolades are whatever, you know, but it is nice to be recognized, you know, and to me, the recognition was more than just football. For sure. Like, obviously, our success led to the recognition, but it's all about the hard work putting in for our guys. And I I just I I, when I took this job, I I decided that I was going to treat every player on our team like like they were one of my children you know, and wh- how would their parents want them to be treated? So by taking that on mentally, it's caused a lot of freaking hard work for me, you yeah. know, because when you think of them as your child, like you, you don't want to let any of them down, mm-hmm. you know? So at this point, it's, that was just a recognition of all the years of all the hard work that, that not just me, but all of our coaches have put in, you know, I couldn't do it without any of the assistance that we had last year or the ones we had previous to that, because everything just kind of built on itself, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's gotten to a culture of competition. Our guys love to compete and like the standards been set by the previous guys and it just keeps getting passed on. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. For
1: sure. You know, back in the day, and especially you said, you mentioned you worked with the Strong's back in the day, you were a powerlifting coach, you know, to be able to see the cap and to see how much better our weight room is going to get and kind of our situation with recovery, rehab, you know, getting better every day. You know, how great is that to see, especially since you were a player here, you were able to see that kind of evolved in this, uh, with the athletics facilities. You know, how much does that mean to you to be, able, to be able to break ground and be able to finally see, you know, such a great locker room to come to a pro to programs and athletic uh, teams that really deserve it?
0: I mean, it's it's awesome. Like, I mean, we got a video board, like when I played here, we got the press box, you know, Ferris does a good job of constantly adding stuff, even though we're still kind of behind when it comes to certain things, but just for our athletes to have a facility that they deserve, Mm -hmm. they deserve this facility. And, and it's been, been, been talked about for years and for, like you said, for it to just finally be there and the ground's broken and now it's here and actually tonight they're supposed to do like a ceremony the Mm -hmm. what do you call it the yeah the grand opening opening, ceremony yeah yes thank you yeah so that's supposed to be happening tonight our guys are excited you know to be in there and actually working out i'm sure the volleyball team's excited for their new gym to open up and and then there's going to be new meeting rooms. I'm excited because we got a couple of new offices, you know, so it's it, it's nice. It's nice to have those things. You know, we're a blue-collar program, and we don't mind being blue-collar, and we're still going to be blue-collar, but – it's nice to have something a little bit nicer too. I
1: know, especially talking to some of the guys, it's like man, it doesn't feel like Ferris anymore. You know? <laughs> having that, having that grit and kind of pulling yourself up from yeah. the bootstraps mentality, you know, now having this really nice facility is it's a blessing. But you know, you definitely yeah. can't
2: forget where, where no, the program came no, from.
0: No, we still got the grit. You still got to have that hard work and determination, and we're still blue collar. You know, for sure,
2: <laughs> absolutely. Well, Coach Hodges, we appreciate the time. One final question for you. Uh, that's your time here. Uh, it's so long of time. I know we were talking in the elevator, almost twenty years now that. You've been here at Ferris. You've seen it all the way through. What's been your favorite thing about being at this university, being in Big Rapids, and being a Bulldog?
0: Oh wow, my favorite thing. I, I love the area. I'm a small town guy. I grew up in Montrose. Um, not, I mean, I graduated with I think 84 people in my class, and so I I, I love the small town feel. Um, when I went to school here, I used to say, you know, it's big enough, there's enough students, you could meet someone new every day, but it's small enough you're going to see people you know every day. And, you know, being here and going to school here, and when I came back as a coach, I mean there's a ton of people that I still know, that I still knew from back then, that are here now. You know, so just that small town feel, uh, I really like it. And I lived in Grand Rapids prior to coming here, and Grand Rapids is fast. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember driving to work, you gotta go, you gotta go, 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 go. And then when I got here it was like, (sighs) ah, Yes. I can slow down a little bit, you know, and I, I like that. I, I enjoy that. I'm not a big city person. I can survive in the city, but it's, it's not my style, you know? And just the, the other thing for me is, you know, just the pride in, in, the alumni and my former teammates you know the pride that they've felt since we've been able to kind of turn this thing around and and get us to a place where we're winning a national title you know how awesome is that for sure so after we won it I think I kind of got mosh pitted by a lot of my former teammates (laughs) (laughs) so so it was just cool to to see them smile and see them have the ability to just you know brag about it for sure so
1: Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you taking your time. Hopefully you can enjoy this bye week as much as you can, uh, but we're excited to see Waldorf come to town and what we can do with it.
0: All right, can't wait.
2: Special thanks to Coach Hodges for coming on the show, man. That was awesome. I really enjoyed that, Joe.
1: Yeah, it was a really good interview, especially just kind of how genuine he was. It was really cool to kind of hear him talk about, like, you know, what it's like to be a coach and then kind of coming back and kind of balancing that life between work and family and stuff like that was really cool, especially like with a bye week coming up, you always don't hear what coaches do with that, so giving us an insight is really cool for that. But let's hop right into the Fair State Sports Report. No football this week, unfortunately. They're going to have a bye week, going to get ready for Waldorf next week. Uh, but, Brandon, what should we start with?
2: All right, let's start with, uh, well, most of the teams are all going to be taking trips up north, that being volleyball and soccer. Yeah, we free weekend. This yeah, week. we free weekend. Yeah, free weekend. So uh, we'll start with soccer. Uh, they'll be taking on Michigan Tech um, on the 18th. They're going to be heading up to Houghton. Um, Should be a pretty interesting matchup as well, Um, but they'll first off face off against Northern um, on Friday, so they're probably heading up there this way, so good luck to both of those teams heading up north. Safe travels, of course, will be the prayers for them, Uh, but yeah, women's soccer coming off of two tough games um, against Grand Valley and Davenport, saw a lot of really good things, finishing in the final third. Going to have to pound that all the way Uh home in Marquette. In Holton this weekend. There's no question about it. The defense has played much better. Um, the freshmen in the back uh, have played really well, especially with the leadership on the outsides. That unit's done really well. Um, Daria has had really good success, especially winning Gliak uh, Player of the Week for uh, the goalkeeper position. So uh, it's definitely going to be good to see the back half pushing forward. Just got to move uh, the ball midfield, tacking third, finish, finish, finish.
1: And I think, too, you really got to watch out for... Uh... I think Kay Nesco could have a really big game this week. I mean, she was kind of came into her own against Grand Valley and Davenport. She had, I think, eight shots, and then four or five of them were on goal over those span of two games. And especially with Northern Michigan, their defense is not the greatest, Uh, but their offense is something you got to watch out for. So I think if our defense just stands strong and kind of holds the line a little bit, we'll be able to kind of t- take off a lot of attacks. But the question is, is how many times we're going to be able to, like you said, push to that final third because... I mean, against Grand Valley and against Davenport, we struggled getting corner kicks. We kind of struggled on the outside. One thing, too, especially that we've noticed uh, watching these uh, girls at home is that we are struggling uh, with those offside calls uh, on offense. And that is something that kind of is really killing our momentum. We'll be able to kind of play those high balls. And we have Brindley, we have Izzy, who are two very fast, (laughs) very fast people. But when you can't really, when you can't, you know, break through that line unless you get called offsides it's going to be a struggle but I think we'll be pretty fine especially if we you know open up the field a little bit on defense and then kind of get them to attack more and then really be able to use that counterattack. And on our speed is going to be the main thing but Michigan Tech on Sunday is going to be a tough one because their defense is pretty solid I mean last year nearing the end of the season we went up there hoping to uh, get a st- uh, not steal a game but win a game so we could get uh, GLIAC champions uh, earlier on I mean we still did but Michigan Tech did surprise us with a 1-1 tie last year. So two games that you can't really overlook and you can't really take too easily because these two teams could definitely snake a win from you and really come out of the trenches. But like we said, Got to really push for that fi- that final third. Offense has got to be clicking. We got to make sure our through balls around point, and we got to make sure that we got to watch those offsides. If the offsides are, if we don't got offsides, and we can really just work on that, it's going to be perfect gameplay.
2: Yeah, we strive with the through ball. That's definitely one of our big premier one. strategies. Because, like you said, we got some speedsters at the forward and winger positions, so that's mm-hmm. definitely a strength for us. Um, Northern comes into this game on a red hot streak. They've been on a goal scoring tear. Uh, especially over Parkside. Purdue Northwest, not the premier teams in the GLIAC per se, but very talented teams uh-huh. uh, overall. And I think Parkside's actually second right now uh, in the standings are concerned. But uh, Northern comes into this game 5-0-1. They've been on a tear uh, and as well. Michigan Tech is always going to be a gritty team. They're off to a pretty solid start as well. Um, so definitely going to see a lot of firepower offensively in Northern. So make sure we can stay contained defensively. Uh, make sure we're keeping our line, holding strong in the back. Um, and we've done that pretty well um, over the last two games that we saw last weekend against the West Michigan Foes. Um, so and definitely with Tech, we're going to see a lot, probably a grittier, maybe slower game. Um, so we'll see how we can speed up the tempo a little bit to our advantage and hopefully come out, uh, like Coach Henson says, want to get at least four points, but we're happy to leave with six, and we hope we see them with two wins coming back home. Absolutely. So anyway, moving on over into volleyball, they'll have a plethora of matchups this weekend. Not sure exactly how this, how this got slipped by into the schedule, but triple header. So make sure you get your sleep and make sure huh? you, get, you get hydrated. <laughs> I know, it's just shocking as I saw. Michigan Tech Friday, 5 p.m. Northern Michigan Saturday, 3 p.m. Lake Superior State Sunday, 3 p.m. Back to back to back. Man, that's I tough. I not seen that in a long time. That's tough. I have not seen that in a long time either. But uh, it makes sense. Get the travel out of the way. You're going yeah. up to the UP. Might as well get them all in. Um, so you only have to take one trip. Uh, but I mean, we're coming off a pretty solid play. I mean, being able to take down Parkside at home to start the season was a huge momentum swing. And boy, what a great game uh, that we played. And then we mentioned last episode um, when we beat Wayne State. Uh, you can check that episode out for the full recap. But being able to stay gritty, stay tough, rally back, next point, next day, next game, one at a time. That's the focus of this team. So, And that's definitely going to be a huge task this weekend. Make sure focusing one game at a time. Tech's going to be a tough team right out of the gate. They were a team that was a playoff contender in the region last year. Uh, and then you got two grittier teams like a really a much improved Northern Michigan team and Lake Superior State. Um, so it's just going to be a really fun contest. And hopefully the ladies uh, keep the errors down, everything clean, and get our attacking outside some really nice setups because we can make sure that we uh, can keep our hit percentage up and we can steal mm-hmm. a lot of points and bunches.
1: Yeah, and keep in mind this Michigan Tech team, we went all the way to the Gleeck tournament championship with them and that was a really tough match. I mean, mm-hmm. it was 3-2. It was a it was a scramble all throughout. I mean, I think it was, you know, pretty close. It was 21-25. I mean, there was only one game where it was about a 10 set or a 10 point different in the in the third set. So this is a team that has a lot of returners uh and they're going to be able to play really well. Northern Michigan as well was a team that kind of made, made their way through the Gleeck tournament uh and Lake Superior State not as much of a threat, but I still think, you know, can't watch over them, but Knowing Coach Tia, knowing the team, they're really just focused on the Huskies. And once that game is over at probably 7 o'clock on Friday, they're going to be thinking about Northern Michigan. And it's just going to go like that all throughout the weekend. But Michigan Tech's going to be a tough team. They got really good setters, really good libero's as well. And their outside hitters can really do some damage if you're not able to get some blocks on there. So it's going to be up to, I'd say, probably our front three uh, is going to be the main difference. Uh, really kind of setting up some defense. But we've got to make some uh, – really got to work on uh, – our offensive opportunities, you know, especially when they're, they're arising for that, is going to be a big one. But expect, uh, expect to uh, probably two, two of these matches and two of these games to go three-two because mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough, tough battle. It's basically going to be like this Wayne State game that we saw last week.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be concerned that we're going to bring the energy Friday. Obviously, Saturday and Sunday would be more the concerns. Obviously, fatigue's going to set in. But um, yeah, I think being able to, to stay clean, I really like. uh uh, our attacking positions that we have offensively, like Cyan Fairfield's been on fire over mm-hmm. the last two games. Olivia hennepin delape has been great. Um, so setting them up, getting them in positions along with Claire Nowicki and a lot of our other outside hitters, Chelsea Freeman, Emma Bleacher, we get those people in position and they can, they can do the dirty work and make sure that we can get points and bunches in every way that we can. And uh, if we do that, I think we're going to be very successful. Uh, but staying clean, that's going to be the biggest. We had a lot of errors in the Wayne State contests and be able to um, overcome that was huge. Now you can make it easier by cleaning everything up in the meantime and, and hopefully take out three wins this weekend. Boy, that would be a statement to come out of here with three wins on the road, back-to-back back games. Huge. That would be absolutely huge for this team. That would be sick. I mean. Would love to see it. That would yeah. be huge for the program. Yeah, huge for the program, huge for the culture. That's just tough, though. I can't believe that they're three playing games, three games in a row.
1: Especially against two of them are going to be really tough opponents. And like sure. I say that, and Lake Superior State's probably going to come out. It's going to be a 3-2 thing. But it's going to be a grind. It's going to be a marathon. So they got to just take it one game at a time.
2: Yep, one game at a time. That's all you got to do, right? One game at a time. I mean, that's the mantra, you know? That's all you got to focus on. Anyway, uh, wrapping out the fair State Sports Report. Tennis will be in action. They're going to Indy this weekend. Goody old Indianapolis for the ITA Midwest Regional Championships. Uh, so good luck to them. Three days, speaking of back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, uh, three days of competition in various formats. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Coach Doran's squad's ready to go for. And uh, really looking for a big success, and hopefully that they parade really well. Uh, play sharp, play bulldog tennis is the way they do best. Mm-hmm and uh, keep the winning ways and the winning culture going. Um, we're looking forward to seeing the results. Didn't get a lot from the Davenport Invitational last week we could report on, uh, but I'm assuming all good things, so hopefully that they can keep that rolling. And golf will also be going to um, Finley, Ohio, for the Doc Spring Fall Invitational. That um, sick. So they'll be heading down. Uh, I believe the tournament is Monday, Tuesday, so I'm assuming they'll be heading out probably Sunday, maybe even late Saturday um, for that. So good luck to the men's team. Um, hopefully they can play well, calling coming after the uh, first tournament a couple weeks ago in Allendale, where they saw fifth place finish. So hopefully they can keep that up, play some good golf, and uh, hopefully come out in a good position and even maybe victorious.
1: Hopefully it'll be, be pretty. How many more tournaments they got till uh, in the fall
2: season? I believe yeah. they have uh five total. So five almost and a half. I was gonna market. say
1: probably not. Not a whole lot more because it's about to get pretty cold.
2: Yeah, I think they end about half midway through October. Yeah, it's small. So, yeah, like it's a gonna month, get month to go. pretty
1: chilly. Month to go. Pretty chilly. You don't want to be playing golf when, like, dude, especially oh, when you play no. golf and, like, you hit a ball and it's when it's cold out and you hit a ball, like, off the hosel oh, or off no. the toe, you know? Oof. Dude, that hurts your hands My so hands, bad.
2: like, literally shivering right now just thinking about it.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I remember last year, it was, like, Khaki's last day that they were open, and it was, like, November, like, 20th. And I went out golfing when it was like 28 degrees. And really? Was like, never again. Never again. I was like, yeah, it might have been $10 or it might have been $15 for 18, but I will never do that again. Mm-hmm. That was the worst. That
2: is the worst. But uh, good luck to them. Um, we'll certainly be following along. We'll give you all that action next week. So make sure you subscribe to find out how all the Bulldog teams do. Uh, you can find us at the MBSP on social media and all of, of course, all of our podcast platforms. If you don't know where those are, Just go to our link tree. It's in their social media bios. You can find out everywhere we post content, uh, including a new show that me and Joe started. And we'll kind of get into that here later in the second half uh, when we talk some NFL. Really excited for that project. But finally, Bears State cross country. Uh, We'll be traveling down to Sparty going to Michigan State this weekend. That's a big one. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, It's going to be hot. Know that. It's going to be hot. Very similar to uh, Bulldog invite last week. Um, but looking forward to it because this year, not as many teams, not going to be as crowded because that means okay. certainly always is way overpacked for what it has been in years past. So it looks like it'll be a little bit more chill this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have uh, quite a few competitors all across the board that we're really looking forward to running against. Um, some teams in our region, some teams in our conference. Uh, There's large bids, point stars. So we're really looking forward to that, being able to, uh, start to get some good results under our belts for potential bid points and uh, make some noise a little bit. Cause I think we did a, a lot of that last weekend, obviously it was a really small meet. So I'm sure people kind of took that with a grain of salt. So now doing out of the national stage will be the most important. So uh, women's, I believe start at 11 and then men at 1130. Uh, it might, it might be 1130 noon. You can check that all out. It should be online posted here very soon um, on the website as well. So looking forward to a lot of great competition uh, across the board at the at the golf course so uh, from one golf course to the other so certainly going to be fast uh maybe not as fast as we'll see at uh, a couple of the regional meets we got in october uh, but it should be pretty fun. A lot of good competition. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of. I think underclassmen step up. This is usually the meet where um, you start to. You got one under your belt. You know what adjustments you get to make. So really looking forward to seeing uh, how the underclassmen do um, as well in their second race. Now that they have the experience. Really looking forward to them. They've put in a solid week of training, both men's and women's, uh, as well as the upperclassmen uh, looking to hold down the fort for this week. So when we get get through this week. We got a bye week. Have fun or bye week show.
1: I love bye weeks. I love bye weeks. Bye weeks are.
2: Coach Hodges love bye weeks as that well. That is true. Yeah. As you hit your mic. I know. I was like bye <laughs> weeks You're pulling to me, man. I know. I'm pulling to Joe. Yeah. Maybe I need a bye week from this podcast. Get myself a little vacation time. A little vacation. Right do we take space. a bye week?
1: Who knows? Maybe. Nah. We will. Maybe. We won't. Let's
2: just grind. We we love this. That is true. You do love this. Bye weeks, not necessary for the guys at the MVSP. Bye aren't.
1: Bye aren't necessary yeah. for guys at the MVSP. You want to know why? Because we're grinders, Whoa, we get yeah. it done. Blue collar. blue-collar workers. We don't need no. We don't need no breaks. We don't need nothing. As I say that, let's head to the break right now <laughs> before we hit. We hit the rest of the show.
2: Oh, that was perfect, Joe. We'll be back with more NFL and college football right after this.
1: Nearing the two-year anniversary of this podcast, Brandon and I have found that Anchor.fm is one of the only things that have been able to keep us up and going here in the studio. Anchor is a great way to distribute your podcast as well as edit and basically make sure that everything's running smoothly. If you want to start your own podcast, go on over to Anchor.fm. You can learn all the ins and outs of making your own podcast, distributing content, all that good stuff. That's what we use. That's what we recommend. Anchor.fm. Give it a shot.
2: We're back, second half of the show, talking college football and NFL football for sure. It is tailgate season. Uh, If you didn't watch that episode or listen in, make sure you do that as well. Um, But, yeah, great week of football here in week two. A lot of upsets, Joe. Three top ten teams going down to teams that they probably should not have gone down to. Two of them uh, making out pretty much... $1.5 million for their win for getting paid to play uh, the team and ending up beating them. Pretty awkward and funny, I would say, uh, (laughs) but certainly a very interesting contest. One of those being, obviously, probably the most notable, Notre Dame falling to Marshall, 26-21 at Notre Dame Stadium. Boy, that was just a crazy one. We are. Marshall, Joe. Dude, that was... There was a lot of... uh,
1: upsets like that I was yeah. not really expecting like Wisconsin yeah. lost uh Marshall won like I'm trying to think of the other ones because my computer is BYU beat out. Baylor BYU App B-Baylor. State
2: beat A&M dude that was a App big State one
1: has more like App State has more upsets against like top 10 opponents than like I think anybody else which is weird seeing how small of a school they are but I mean, what a better way to do it. That was that day was the like I think like ten year anniversary or something like that of the App State
2: over Michigan upset. Yep. And they did it again. They did it again. Boy, that was uh, that was a very fun game. And I mean, App State didn't have to do a whole lot. A M's offense just looked pretty bad and a lot of people not happy with Mr. Fisher, let me tell you what. Uh checking Twitter after that whole that whole game kind of concluded, but uh, I mean, just those that game, the Marshall game. Obviously, Notre Dame was a team everybody was hype on going into this season. And Tyler Buckner got ended up getting banged up. Didn't play very well. Marshall was getting their way on the ground, um, especially in the second half. So, uh, kudos to those teams getting paid to play Huge for them. these big teams and still beating them. But I think those those two those two were all fun and games. But uh, to think that we can't we're not going to mention the Wisconsin game is false because Washington State. Uh, beating Wisconsin was probably the most humorous moment to me because Wisconsin's always a team every year. doesn't matter what they did last year, what they did the year before. Um, they always find a way to sneak their way into the top 25 after week one, and then in the next two weeks they lose to an unranked team. It, yeah. it just and seems like, just like it happens down. every yeah, year. Yeah,
1: and then they, end this, then they end the season with four losses. It's <laughs> like, and the thing is, too, with Wisconsin is they always say, like, oh, Wisconsin is, like, so slept down in the Big Ten and, like, they're a team that could really compete. It's like, you can't really say that when you go on and lose to Washington State and then you're probably going to lose to another unranked opponent next week. You're not going to be uh, – if you, This is just what Wisconsin does, like, every year, is they always lose to an unranked opponent and then they drop out and then they just moan and complain about how they don't get any respect in the Big Ten. But it's like, that's the exact reason why. It's what cause are you, you going to do? By week by week four, you already got two losses and both of them are the unranked opponents. Yep. And
2: it just shows you that numbers don't matter. Mm-hmm. You might win
1: out the season. You might go like ten and two or something like that, or nine and two, whatever your schedule might be. Yeah, I know we sh-
2: we should be playing. We should be playing Ohio State or Mipf. no?
1: No shot, brother. No, no, no,
2: no. Not that level yet. Not that level yet. Uh, but yeah, Wisconsin, twenty-two first downs compared to Washington State's ten. Outgained them four hundred and one yards to two
1: hundred fifty-three. Their red zone. Thirty-eight minutes of possession
2: to Washington State's twenty-one. They still lost seventeen to fourteen, thanks to three, Their red three turnovers. Their return
1: productivity must have been so abysmal.
2: I can't. I just can't imagine what Camp Randall was like after that game. Seventy-four thousand people just like, wow, this team. How sucks. did
1: Wisconsin lose this game? Right. That's what I'm saying, Cameron dude. Ward had a fifty-four Q- QBR for Washington State. How do you win a game like that? They he played bad. He had two bad. interceptions.
2: They played bad, and I hate to say it, but, like, I mean, Graham Merch is good, but, I mean, it's going to have to be Braylon Allen. That's going to have to be their offense. They're going to have to keep it on the ground 24-7 because yeah, they can't Merch throw. just hasn't got it done.
1: Homie went 18 for 31 Yeah, with an interception.
2: It's not bad, but he can't th- – yeah, he, like, Graham Merch is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's not a top-five quarterback or whatever in college football. He's a good quarterback. You're not going to rely on him to throw 35 games. 35 he's not times. Gonna, he's he's going to throw gonna, a couple interceptions if he does that.
1: He's not going to lead you anywhere for the Big Ten. No, you know, like that's not. You got to have a quarterback, especially with Big Ten quarterbacks. You got to have them be dual threat. Yeah. Nowadays, like Big Ten used to kind of be the the like the conference where you could have like those passer heavy quarterbacks and stuff. And then once I think it was like. Cardale Jones or something like that that kind of started to revolutionize that. Then the Big Ten kind of transferred to uh, quarterbacks who are dual threat. That's why J.J. McCarthy won the starting spot. That's why C.J. Stroud is so good. That's why Justin Fields was so good is because he could get outside the pocket. And now that that's going on and you have a guy who can't really do that in Graham Mertz. And even when he's a pocket passer, he can't really do that much. That's still a less than or just over 50% completion rating. Like you got to have that a little bit better, especially seeing how he only got 227 yards on that. Yeah. That's not good at all.
2: No vertical offense whatsoever. It's so, so, and then, so slow.
1: And then as soon as you go to, like, and especially the Big Ten, like, we haven't had dominant running backs in a while. Like, that's not usually how the Big Ten works. You can't really win a lot of games by just giving it to your running back. Yeah. And so if Wisconsin wants to start winning games, get a better quarterback.
2: Probably. Uh, especially har-
1: if you lose to Washington State.
2: An un- yeah, an unranked probably soon to be out of the Pac twelve, maybe into the Mountain West type team. That's just kinda where that that's kind of where they're at. And that's no disrespect to them, but yeah, just not not a great they situation had, for Wisconsin. We cannot live up to what they say they should be every year.
1: Washington State only had two hundred and fifty three yards of total offense. Correct. Compared to Washington or to compared to Wisconsin's for, over four
2: That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't under That's bad. <laughs> How Double first downs How? almost double possession. How do you lose that's bad. That's I don't terrible. know if that's coaching or performance. Especially I- at your own place? Yep. At their own place. Brother, I what is going on? Pretty poor. Anyway, some other notable that games. Sucks. Um, we'll give we'll give Wisconsin a little bit of leeway for now. I guess. I guess so. Hopefully don't they can be. Turn around. Yeah. This is. I. This was a good good time for the Badgers to calm themselves, humble themselves just a little bit. Yeah. Because their them. fans definitely get way overhyped about this stuff. so so, so much. But yeah, true. Anyway, probably the most notable game, uh, for sure of the entire week. Uh, Texas almost beating Alabama. Dude, that was I saw sick. the end of that game. What a fantastic football game! I actually Who learned after the fact that was the most streamed watched. Football game, I believe, of all time altogether. That's, when... there was that many people watching that game, and now we're gonna ha- we're gonna be able to see that annually. That matchup here coming up in twenty four twenty five when Texas hopefully inevitably gets into the SEC because that's gonna be a super crazy matchup market wise, football wise, because uh, it's gonna be like that every year. Pfft. I'm tuning yeah, sign in. Me oh, up. these smokes! What a game that was! Alabama squeaking it out, uh, but Texas, Texas I think was the true to, winner.
1: I think so too. It's just that, or I forget who it was. I think it was their defensive end. If he just went in and like just tried to lock up, uh, you're uh, talking about the sack, and yeah, the, the, the last sack, drive, the, yeah, yep. the last drive when they had him lo- when they had oh, Bryce that Young. Close. I was gonna say Cedar Drive when they had Bryce Young wrapped up in the backfield. He got away, gets the first down.
2: He was that close,
1: like. You at that like you want to go for the highlight reel, and he was cooking when he was going in there. But like Bryce Young is good enough where he can just do a little stutter step, and we've seen him get out of those. You just got to make sure you lock him up. You got to make sure that you're just going for like going for, at least for the lower part of his body at that point, because you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to lock him up. Kind of it wasn't open field, but it was still a one on one play. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Young, that's what he specializes in. That's why he won the Heisman last year, because yep. he was that good in the open field, and that's what, and he could scramble and make stuff out of nothing. Yeah. So, especially with Texas, true winners, I'd say, but, dude, Quinn Ewers, from what we saw, from what little we saw, uh, he's that guy. He is that guy, and it's he's a shame that he guy. ended
2: up getting injured, but... Uh, it's now now be he's inter- out for four to six weeks, so, yeah, so hope- Hudson
1: Card is going to have to get after it.
2: Yeah, and I believe Texas has a... A little bit of a tough schedule over the next couple weeks here. I'll I'll double-check to make sure. Uh, Texas Tech on the road, that'll be a tough one, um, but maybe not as tough as they just uh, lost in double overtime uh, and fell out of the top 25. But then they'll have at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State later in the month. Um, But they should have Quinn Ewers back before um, they take on Baylor, which Mm -hmm. will probably be a big game, which they also lost uh, to BYU uh, in a shootout, I believe, um, at BYU. So that's a that's a big win for the Cougars for sure. Uh, Georgia took our Sanford, 33-zip. Uh, Ohio State, you mentioned C.J. Stroud, Joe, monster game, 351, four TDs on only 16 completions. Uh, they look like the team that we expect them to be every year. Uh, granted, they played Arkansas State, but still. Uh, mm-hmm. Clemson beating Furman. They're looking back to their normal ways. Uh, now they locked up Debo Sweeney for a long time. Uh, Oklahoma rolling Kent State, 33-3. Uh, and then, as well, USC beating Stanford um, in that Pac-12 showdown um, for sure. So those were probably more. a couple of the notable games. Uh, Kentucky beating uh, Florida at Gainesville was probably another key one. Uh, Levis looked really good. He was 13, only 24. Not as great completion-wise, but uh, made enough key plays for them, um, and they they took care of it defensively, locking down uh, Florida's uh, dynamic quarterback offense. So, uh, good win for them as well, um, with another probably a nice win, I would say Arkansas beating South Carolina. dude. KJ Jefferson looks insane. He looks really good. So that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Tennessee beating Pittsburgh, battled 24 to 17 in overtime. Uh, that was a big win for them as well. Uh, and then Texas Tech beating Houston, who was ranked 25, in a two OT game. Those are probably the notable games. But we'll get into the the state games. Michigan beating Hawaii, 56 to 10. And Joe, you mentioned it.
1: JJ McCarthy locked it up. My gracious, Dude, did he ever? He's
2: insane. Oh. And this is – I will say this too, and I'm sure uh, me and Joe are probably on the save-wame length here um, with our feelings about Cade. Whoever keeps throwing shade at Cade needs to please stop humbly this second. Just stop.
1: It sucks because he's a good quarterback. He's it's a just, great guy. Better. Great quarterback. It's a problem that you want to have as a team, but, like, the one really crappy part is that, like – if you are thinking about how you want to make it to the national championship, if you don't have a repeat of last year, if we make it to, you know, the playoffs, I feel like J.J. is going to be the guy that's going to lead us to a lot more victories and a lot better season compared to Cade because he can do a lot more. And, I mean, people who are saying that Cade was a better thrower, I think J.J. proved how good he was right, on, right off the bat. He was dotting. yeah, he was throwing dimes.
2: Yeah, his arm talent, his athletic ability – God Opens insane. up a whole new portal. I, I think I saw I saw this on Twitter this morning. I can't remember who referenced it. Um, Michigan's offense just went from, um, what was it? It was like a, a, a bulldozer. Or no, no, no. It was an F-150. Their offense just went from an F-150 to a sports car. Mm-hmm. Both are that's... good, but one gets you way more options than the other one. And that's mm-hmm. what J.J. does. So him and Blake Corum together with Donovan Edwards split out a receiver, And then a lot of these other playmakers, like Ronnie Bell, Wilson, wide open.
1: It's just so much more versatile, you know? I think, especially when you look at, like, what you... To be able to do that, or for Harbaugh to be, like, it sucks because a lot of people are, like, kind of criticizing how he was, like, debating on doing this. But I think this is the only way that you could do that, you know, be able to choose your starter. Because you can't really do that in practice. Like, you can't, like, name it just by how they're practicing and stuff. If in real game situations especially against a team like Hawaii cuz who do we play week 1? Colorado State. Two pretty even matched teams both in the same conference. So you get basically two two similar teams. It's basically the same control group that you're letting it's the, that the experiment of having two different quarterbacks start two different games. You know, JJ just looked better. Like he just seemed like he controlled the offense a little bit better and not to mention when JJ scored touchdowns, whole team like ran over and hugged him and like lifted him up when K scored a touchdown, couple of high fives here and there. Yeah. So Cade if, is you're, a, if you're trying to base it off of how the team is reacting to it, I think they like J.J. a little bit more.
2: I think they understand the situation. Cade's a good dude. Cade's a good quarterback. Cade's mm. a good leader. But J.J. makes his team better. And he exactly. makes this team, like you mentioned, Joe, we know we can win a conference championship with Cade McNamara. But when you're talking about winning a national championship, which is what this program Who's really the wants. the you're going to call? Correct. So it's JJ's show to lose. So uh, I think this will be fun against UConn. And uh, by the way, those who saying that Michigan has a soft schedule, you need to please be quiet and look at Alabama's schedule every year. I'm sick and tired of hearing Alabama that. This is schedule the only year we've so, done that.
1: So trash.
2: I need to. I. I can't. Like I think it was Barstool was going off about it this morning, and I'm just like, you guys need to just stop. This Dude, is the okay, one year we've done. This is the one year we've done still, this. Bar Alabama stool. does it every year
1: that Brandon guy or whatever Mississippi State when have they even won anything more than a
2: top 15 matchup yeah Mississippi they play State Austin sucks. P Austin P the second last week of the season Austin P That's garbage That's terrible Anyway, it ain't good. I'm not going to spend time on that subject because it's pointless and waste of my time. But mm-hmm. anyway, that those know. I mean, we used to play Notre Dame. We used to play all those games. I'd love to play those teams if they want to play, they'd play us. I and I'm sure Jim would say absolutely yes. But nobody wanted to play us because we were that good. Mm-hmm. Sorry that we're so good that we can't schedule teams. My gosh, what a great problem to have. I love the media when they say that. Uh, anyway, Michigan State beating Akron as well, 52 to zip. Um, they look really good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jalen Reed looks like an absolute stud. Hopefully he's okay. I know he had a a hit late hit out of bounds, um, where I think he collided into the the bench and the water station area. And it looked like he might've been banged up. Hopefully he's okay. But, uh, Peyton Thorne, definitely a little bit of concerns. He's got a good arm. Sometimes lets it loose a little too much. Um, but Berger looks really good as well. He had 107 yards on three carries, um, especially as a sophomore. Um, he's definitely a guy that you can see developing into a really, really nice running mm-hmm. back. So uh, Coach Tuck's got a good thing going. I know Akron's not as great of a team, but same, similar situation to Hawaii, obviously. You take what you got and you move on. So, And they were the ones who wanted to play us. And that's it. That's all it is. Please stop with the schedule harassment. My mm-hmm. gosh. Changes every year. So we'll grow up about it. Anyway. 29th, man. Yeah. Mark calendars. Michigan State versus Michigan. Ooh, dog. That's, that's going to be a fun one. So... Uh, Michigan plays UConn this week, um, in Ann Arbor. Final non-con uh, of the season. Michigan State travels to Washington. They'll go mm. to Seattle to face the Huskies. That should be a fun one against old Michael Penix. Where was he from last year, Joe? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, he from Michigan State?
2: No, he's from Indiana. Oh,
1: he was yeah. the guy they
2: would let him undefeated, and then he ended up hurting his leg, and then oh, they lost yeah. like the rest of the season. Yeah, that's tough he's them. back, and he's playing in Washington now. So maybe that'll uh, be a good game. A familiar face to face, so that's going to be fun. Um, but those games, I believe, Michigan, uh, twelve o'clock, big noon on ABC, um, and then Michigan State kickoff at seven thirty on ABC for the nightcap. But uh, those are some of the notable games. Annim and Miami are going to play each other. That's probably another one you can look out for. Um, as well as i would say probably the only other one that you might want to tune in for is BYU Oregon that'll be on Fox at 3:30 um but everything else pretty pretty standard games still non-cons mm-hmm. and some uh, and some still some early rust buster games so uh, that's going to be week three, college football. We'll transition over to week two, go backwards to go forwards to the NFL um, for our game-by-game predictions here to final out the show. And let me tell you, Joe, um, I forgot to tell the people at home last week. Um, I'm so sorry. I forgot to relay the message that I was picking the teams that were going to lose last week, and I didn't clarify yeah, sure. that. Okay, uh, And guy. That, that really screwed okay, all of over. So guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, guy. Don't sorry. even right now. Yeah, no, I, my picks were horrible last no, yeah, week pretty garbage. Yeah. You know, what, yeah. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, like I <laughs> said, I was taking the people to lose. But all right. So how much g- ground do I have to gain all up right, now from your up. great week? Some
1: people messed up the old thingy. I can't even find the paper now. What? What do you mean? Find the paper? It's right here. Oh shoot! I grabbed the wrong one. Oh, Sorry about that. Hey, making fun of me all for right, being okay. disorganized? Uh, it's not I'm just so. Kidding. I have. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Out of the sixteen games, correct.
2: Wow, fifty percent. You passed. Um,
1: Yeah, that's huge for me. I did not fifty percent. One, two, three, four, five. So your boy. I was five and eleven. Joseph is number one for the week. Wow. for, for For the competition, I'm one week to you or none. So it's going to be a good time. We'll see how it goes. Oh,
2: so we're going head-to-head. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Oh, gonna, that makes sense now. Thing. Okay, I thought we were going like compiled wins-loss, but that, no, that's no, too no, much no. math. No, no, no. no that right makes sense. Much. All right, Joe, you got you got week one. Now time for week two. Let's get right to it. Thursday night football. Hold on, Let me find a pencil. First one on Prime Video, Joe.
1: That's kind of cool.
2: Al oh, Michaels, gonna Kirk Herbstreet. Going to be fun. Use the Prime Ball? Yeah. yeah. No, please don't use the Prime Ball. That was so weird. Uh, chargers. At. Chiefs this that's a tough sick. one to me man uh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna play more safe here than I did last week I learned my lesson not to be too aggressive um, so as much as I love the Chargers I'm gonna go with the Chiefs to squeak this one out but I think it's gonna be closer I think it's gonna be a three point game although um, I believe the Chiefs are favored by four I think this will come down to a field goal I'm um, going to be a fun matchup for these two teams. Dude, Mahomes looks so good last week. I can't go to pick Dude, against them. Chiefs looking... beat the Chargers last time. They played them in a shootout on the road. I like them at Arrowhead, their first game of the anniversary season at home. Uh, give me the Chiefs and Mahomes to out-shoot the Chargers offensively, 38-35.
1: All right. That's but, respectable. There we go. I'm telling you what, though. Patrick Mahomes could have an MVP season this year. If he, he could. plays as good as he played last week, the dude was just lights out. And especially just seeing like where they were able to put themselves. And you know, I was not really expecting them to do that well, seeing that they didn't have Tyreek anymore and they were going to kind of change up the the whole uh, game plan. But, you know, Edwards-Elair, he kind of popped off as well. I'm going to have to go – I'm going to play contraria here. I'm going to go the Chargers okay. because I think okay. Justin Herbert is arguably going to probably have another breakout. Already had a breakout season last year. He's going to have an even better one. And I think especially – with this win that they'll get this weekend or the this week or today at eight fifteen, dude, that's just gonna make it even more. He could have MVP MVP season if yeah, he really, he really, he could. really tried. He's yes. got the he's got the people around him to do it. I'm gonna go Chargers. It is gonna be a shootout. You got that right, Brandon. I'm gonna say thirty eight to thirty five.
2: I said that. Yeah. you flipped so, my score.
1: So I can play Contrary and still like the score.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, just to clarify, this is 2:14. You can hear the timestamp now. It is September 15th, Thursday, so this game was picked before, uh, just in case uh, it's not like somebody would be crazy enough to bet the loser in after the game already had played. Yeah, if so,
1: you're really trying to look at that, you know. That
2: would make sense. But um, Anyway, next game on deck, we got a fun matchup. I love to see this matchup on deck. The Dolphins heading to Baltimore. To face Lamar and the Ravens, Joe. Mm-hmm. Who do you got in this
1: one? Uh hold on one second. I gotta pull it up. My bad. I'm in scrambles right now. Scramble Baltimore. Um Baltimore Miami. Yeah. I'm gonna go Miami. Okay, Miami. I think Tua looked all right. He had a little he had a little bit of his overthrows and offensive woes that he was struggling with last year. Um Baltimore's gonna come out hot. You know, Lamar Jackson's gonna be playing pretty well but I think especially Miami on the road I think they're going to start off pretty well. I'm going to say Miami 21 to 17. They just Tua's just got to get the throws down. If he can, he's going to be able to give it to Mostert if need be. He can scramble and you got Waddle and you got Tyreek. So I think just that those three guys right there that he can, you know, give off to and Mostert can be a guy who can be a catching or can be a receiving running back. So there's a lot of versatility that I like from Miami. And Baltimore, I feel like he just kind of gotten a little bit one dimensional with Lamar. He's kind of imp- he has been improving, but I think Miami is going to be just a little bit better this week. So seventeen to fourteen.
2: Good pick. I like Miami in this game as well to beat the Baltimore Ravens at home. Uh, the Ravens didn't look very good in Week One against the Jets. Not and at all. I'm still a little skittish about their offense, especially without J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I mean, we saw a lot from Devin Duvernay. We saw a lot of good things. Uh, their defense didn't. They looked good. But the Jets look bad. They, they didn't look very good. So, uh, I mean, I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins because I think what they're going to be able to do is they're going to make big plays out of the gate, and they're going to slow it down defensively, and uh, they're going to make sure that McDonald's slows the game down big time. And that's what we saw uh, in their Week 1 contest. I think they're going to carry it over. I think the Dolphins are going to win this one. I think I'm going to take a final of 24-20. to 20. Wow, Dolphins win by four. Okay. Anyway, next game on deck. This one is uh, slight snooze fest, to be honest. Uh, the Seahawks and the Forty ers Gonna be a fun hey, one. Don't you
1: dare disrespect my boy, Geno <laughs> Smith.
2: Okay, he didn't write it. That's all we know. Uh, this will right. be he a, right back. Yeah, this will be a four o'clock game. Give me the Niners. Uh, I think they're gonna bounce back a little bit. The Seahawks had their moment. Um, and this is going to be at San Francisco um, on their turf. So uh, I'm going to see Trey Lance and them get back on track. Seahawks did look better, granted. So I won't pick them by uh, two, three scores or anything like that. Uh, Niners win this one 27-17 over the Seahawks.
1: Respect. Um, This one's a little tough because I didn't really think Seattle was going to come to play uh, last week, which they did. Granted, Broncos decisions in that game baffled me i had no clue what they were doing and that last part of the game with two timeouts and you have russell and you can you know get a little bit closer so you don't have to attempt a uh nfl record field goal to win a game yeah no clue why (laughs) that was just the stupidest thing anyways uh san francisco looked all right last week um you know i just don't know if they'll be able to do much with that I'm going to go Seattle. I think Geno's going to have another good game. Ooh. Rashad Penny's going to go off. You got DK. It's going to be a
2: solid one. I'm going to go Seattle.
1: Seattle low scoring, uh, 14-7. to seven.
2: Okay. And I also have just heard word on Blue Report as of 31 minutes ago, uh, Jamal Adams reportedly out for the rest of the season uh, with a, I believe they classified it as a torn quad. So he's going to be out for the rest of the year uh, for Seattle's secondary. But they still played really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that them beating the Broncos was a good statement for them. Anyway, uh, kind of flip-flop shuffled all over the place. Uh, back to the 1 o'clock games. Jets, Browns, uh, no doubt in my mind, going to go with the Browns here at home uh, to beat the Jets. I know Zach Wilson's back at practice. Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. Let me tell you what. Browns, Dog. Browns running game, dominant. Absolute dominant. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's not gonna have to throw the football in this one. Uh, Browns win this one. Uh, I'm gonna go. I think it might be a little low, lower scoring than people think. Twenty-seven to twenty-one. 27, 21. There you go.
1: I respect that. I will give the that. Jets benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna go Browns as well. Okay. That was that's
2: kind of just no brainer. Yeah. Like, got a score for that one? Yeah. Um, seventeen twenty-one. Okay, twenty-one seventeen. There you go. Uh, Lions at home against the Commanders. This one has. An auto-pick for me and Joe. Of course we're drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Of course we're picking the Lions. And of I'm course we'll be blue, doing baby. that all season long, no matter the matchup. So this game really theoretically 35 does not count. 35-21. 25-21. 35-21. Oh, two? wow, that's bold, my friend. Uh, I'll I'll modify it just a little bit. I'll go 35-23, to 8-point right. win Respect. for Dan Campbell to start this season I against think, the Commanders. Commanders I did look good. Our offense
1: was clicking. Agreed. Our offense was clicking. Agreed. Uh, And I think we'll be able to keep that going. Uh, We're going to—I've—you know, our our coaches aren't idiots. I think they recognize how valuable Jamal is going to be when it comes to goal line and how hard he runs. They're going to utilize Swift on the, you know, middle of the field and deep in our own zone. And once we get to the goal line— give it to Jamal or try to give it to Amon Ra or something like that and be able to have them do something. DJ Chark was looking really good for the targets that he got thrown to him. So I think that the Washington defense is going to have a little bit of a struggle. I forget who their secondary is, but you still got uh chase young up the middle that you got to watch out for. But I think we're going to be pretty solid. I mean, Penay P- P- Sewell, uh, Frank Ragnow, they can really close up the middle and I think they're going to be able to do some special with it. And if need be, just give it to Swift and let him hit the outside and let him turn the Jets on. Yeah. Swift. Really missed, all, yeah.
2: Swift did miss practice on Wednesday, but of course Wednesday is a precautionary practice. Yes, so you don't, don't have to do Don't that don't, right don't get it twisted here. Swift's probably going to play in this one. It doesn't look severe. Um, but the Lions last week, pass rush was great, except we flushed out a scrambling quarterback out of the pocket. Carson Wentz won't be a scrambling quarterback yeah, out of the pocket be, he's that much. Be so there. Much like that success, uh, our front's gonna have a much better week this week against the Washington offensive line. That way has been Eh, not great. Yeah. Anyway, Jags, Colts, Colts played so bad that they cannot lose this game. I can't imagine them doing I, it twice in a row. I just can't think of a worse situation for Colts fans to have lost almost lost to the Texans and Lynn almost lost to the Jaguars. That's that would just I be
1: so poor. Literally all you have to do is just target Michael. Jacksonville's Jacksonville's secondary is so bad. It's not great. It's not great. No. You just gotta give it to Pittman and let him do work. And then once they if they somehow create a solution for that, they just give it to Jonathan Taylor and let him yeah. do work too. You have and then you have I mean, Matt Ryan's not as good as he used to be, but Indianapolis, if they lose this game, kinda terrible.
2: Yeah, I think so. Colts win uh lower score game, seventeen seven to me, um, over Jacksonville and Jacksonville. Um fourteen Okay, there you go. Uh, to finish out the 1 o'clock games here quick, Buccaneers at Saints. Uh, Saints won- got the win last week. Uh, definitely didn't show as great of game on the ground. Last time the Saints did beat the Buccaneers um, at... Uh, home in the Superdome, but I think I'm gonna go with Brady in a revenge game here. Mm. They looked really good. Lenny Fournette looked like a dog in week one. I'm gonna ride him out for now. Uh, as much as I love Jameis Winston and his uh, all of oh, his interviews, uh, I'm gonna go with the Bucks here. I'm gonna get them to win 28 to 27. Yes, key success close. for
1: key success for Tampa is gonna be Leonard Fournette. Uh, Tom Brady didn't look like himself. He hasn't really looked like himself too much this season so far. Even kind of. I don't even think he made an appearance in preseason, but either way, just of looking at him in general, just does not look as good as he did last year. I'm going to go New Orleans. This is W. Let's eat one. Ooh. Jameis Winston, 24
2: to 24-20. Okay, there you go. Uh, next game, Panthers at Giants. Giants are 1-0, Joe. Are you going to be riding this defense that was currently ranked number Danny one? Danny
1: Danny Dimes going to lead this team to a W. Oh. Okay. Danny Dimes, Saquon. Saquon looks really good. Uh, he doesn't look like he's going to get too uh, banged up. As I say that, I'm going to knock on wood.
2: Good job. Because good I don't job. want him
1: to get all messed up after no. I say that. Uh, Danny Dimes, pretty terrible quarterback, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but he is going to be able to do something, and that defense was looking pretty scary.
2: Hot take. Garoppolo needs to get traded to the Giants, and they might win nine games mm, sure. this year. Uh, they might be that good, so it we'll see. Be. Uh, Giants, uh, tch, believe it or not, I think they might go 2-0. Panthers got some things to work out offensively. Uh, Giants defense, what, pretty thing? The only thing,
1: the, the only thing is, is that Panthers also have a terrible quarterback.
2: <laughs> Baker. Got to play better if the Panthers want a chance in this one. I'm gonna take the Giants in a low-scoring game. Final in this one, 20 to thirteen. Steelers at home hosting Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Ah, oh boy, Steelers. am I really gonna pick? I mean,
1: TJ Watt is out uh, yeah. for a little bit. He had like some—I forget what it was. He's mm. out for a little bit. But the defense from the Steelers is just that good. I think they'll be fine. Not gonna have so. as not gonna have as good of a performance as last as last week, but they're still gonna kill it. So yeah. I'm gonna go Steelers. Steelers low-scoring. Twenty or sorry, Steelers are scoring seventeen to 15 fifteen. We'll say okay. A bit weird of a score.
2: Yeah, uh, we've got we had a couple really close ones. Yeah, uh, why not? I'll play contrarian. I'll pick the Patriots here just to spice it it's up. A very possible thing. Yeah, I think it might happen just because the Steelers. The injuries was seem like a problem. Harris banged up. Najee might not play uh, in this game, and I don't trust Trubisky to throw it all over a Belichick led defense. Uh, yes, Belichick, not uh, Patricia, please. Um, and the Steelers defense losing T.J. Watt, uh, they took a step back um, when this. We saw that happen uh, a year ago when he was injured. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I think this one's going to be very close if they do squeak it out. I'll say 23 to 20, mm. if they win this game. Uh, moving over. Uh, we already covered the the Niners game, but we haven't covered the Rams at the Falcons. I think this one will be pretty obvious. I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, bounce back game. They played pretty poorly week one. I think McVay will get them back on track. Uh, Falcons might cause a little bit of problems, but I think the Rams will still roll. Uh, I'll take final of 34-24. to 24. Rams win.
1: Yep, Stafford's going to have that pan- patented terrible performance, and then he's going to go out and look like a Hall of Famer probably yep. this week, especially against a team that doesn't have a super great defense. Uh, so he's going to throw it all over the place. I think Jalen Ramsey's is going to have a pretty good game. Rams, uh, 30, Rams
2: 31, Falcons
1: 17.
2: Okay, there you go. Bengals to the star of Dallas. Give me Joe Burrow in the Bengals. 42-27. to 27. Joe yeah. Systee. No, wait, Joe 21 Shiesty. 42-21. Joe Shystee, Joe Burr. Joe Burr. The Cowboys pick it up. don't look up the Cowboys record without Dak Prescott. Don't do it. Yeah. And that's why I'm picking They're the Bengals. Pretty <laughs> it's terrible. So
1: bad. They're pretty terrible. I mean, your boy Dak Prescott has to get surgery after a pretty after an ag- aggressive high five basically that <laughs> happened. But Joe Burrow, I think, especially with his mentality and stuff, he's gonna come back and not have a game like that. Probably again this season, most likely. So I'm gonna go Joe Burrow. We're picking a lot of the same, but I mean they're just kind of more chalk. They're yeah. more chalk matchups this week. Yeah, up Yeah, I'm trying, of. but I don't want to go like too like oh yeah. like Dallas without uh, Dak is pretty pretty abysmal. So yeah. Cincinnati, I keep saying 17, but I'm just liking the number. I'm gonna go a little weird one,
2: 19 to 19 to 10. Okay, there we go on uh, denver hosting houston broncos against texans uh the battle of the livestock i guess you could say uh, i'm gonna take denver bounce back they played pretty bad at seattle there's no way i can see them doing it twice especially uh, at home against the texans um i'll give them a little leeway having traveled to lumen field week one I'm gonna say Russ comes back with a three hundred plus game. I think they torch it offensively. I'm gonna take the Broncos, uh, to win this one. I don't think they're gonna score as much as people think, but I think they'll dominate offensively with mm-hmm. the tempo. Uh, I'll take them. Thirty three to twenty three. Yeah. Broncos win.
1: I think Russell is just so used to having DK that he just kind of yeah. was not used to his receiving core. But you got Cortland Sutton and you got Jerry Judy, so you probably should start tossing it around a little bit more. I think that's what they're going to do because they don't want to have that happen again, especially against a really bad Houston team. And I don't think Lovey Smith is going to be able to get that defense ready. So, but I mean, tickets as low as $102 if you want to go to Mile High Denver. I mean, if you want to, that's going to be, that's a steal right there. There you go. Compared to $23 for the dallas (laughs) (laughs) Cincy (laughs) game. Anyways, I'm going to go Denver, I don't know, probably 27 to 14. Yeah. We'll do 27-10. Yeah.
2: Did I say 33 to 23? 20 Okay, I'm going to change my i my sweatshirt off to be honest. 33-16. I'll change my score. I think the Broncos double them up. I think they bounce back nicely. Uh last 4 o'clock game, Cardinals traveling to uh Vegas to face the Raiders. Uh I did not like what I saw against um the Chiefs win Arizona last week. I think the Raiders played pretty well. Uh Derek Carter seems to hold on to the football. Uh I think the Cardinals will have fits. As much as I like the intrigue of the upset, I want to. Uh, do I do it twice, Joe? Tell me. Should I do it twice? If you want to, fine. Raiders somehow win this game. Uh, again, their defense looked bad, um, but I think offensively they'll spread it around. They'll start to get the chemistry. Um, and and the Cardinals really need to to, to figure it out quick, fast, in a hurry. So this will be their You'll wake say, up call. You
1: mean wait, you're picking Vegas or you're picking Arizona?
2: No, I'm picking Vegas. Again, uh, I, I'm was going gonna, at, I'm I was going. I was going to
1: pick Vegas too.
2: Yeah. Oh, so you're going to go?
1: Yeah. I okay. thought that they were going. So I mean, Devontae Adams was looking incredibly good. Derek yeah. Carr loves that guy. I mean, Darren Waller's probably going to get a couple more, especially seeing that, like, I don't think – I especially don't think that, like, Devontae Adams is going to average that. I mean, we talked about this on our fantasy podcast. I don't think he's going to average that many targets a game. I, don't, I think he'll probably drop a little bit. And, I, and Derek Carr's going to spread it around a little bit more, which is going to be good. But like you said, Vegas defense, got to pick it up a little bit. Arizona is looking pretty good, but I mean they don't have D hop. Their receiving course a little bit lackluster, but you got Kyler Murray who can scramble and get out of there. So we'll see how it goes. Denver Denver, Las Vegas' defense just needs to get it together and they'll probably win this game.
2: Yeah. Uh oh, forgot to score. Uh 14, Raiders. 10. 14 10. Uh I'll go higher. 28-24. Raiders win. Uh, Packers hosting the Bears. Sunday night. Uh give me the Packers. I don't trust the Bears still. I, they're going to need a monsoon to beat Rodgers in what will be an <laughs> insane revenge game. I think Michael Flora and them will get it figured out. Uh, I think the Packers will win. I don't think they're going to be as dominant high-scoring team as we saw in years past. I just really mm-hmm. don't think that'll happen. Uh, I'm going to go 27-20. Eh, it seems in, pretty fair. I'm going to say the Packers get it back on track, especially with the defense. Mm-hmm. Especially with the defense.
1: If it was in Chicago, I'd say Chicago has a chance to win, but Lambeau... Going there, especially no. a in-division in, in division rivalry game. Dude, that place just gets crazy really fast. And Rodgers has the Bears number, in Lambeau especially. So I'm going to go Green Bay. Hate to not give the listeners too much uh variety here with our picks. Ah, uh, yeah. But we, got, th- a I, I, we, we got, got a couple, couple different. We got a couple, but like we said. Someone will win. Either we're going to have a trash record this week.
2: Or really good. Or really good. That's because true. we're just going to be the same thing.
1: Yeah. But anyways. Uh, your boy, Aaron Rodgers, is going to be high off of mushrooms while he's tossing around football, <laughs> and he's going to win the game 27-14. to 14.
2: All right. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Ferris Fantasy Show if you're still hanging with us. You guys will love... Uh, that show with we do with Brody Kaiser, we'll be sure to advertise that as well as we go into all the fantasy aspects of all these games as well as streaming pickups, ads, drops, all those prime plays and more. You can follow that on all of your Spotify and Apple Podcast platforms that we have our shows on. You can find that on Linktree as do well. Do it. But it's thank you guys for we'll get through the last couple of games real really quick. We know we're running a little late. Uh, Bills hosting the Titans. Ugh, Bills. Titans offense look bad. Bills. Give me Buffalo. Uh, give me them 45 to. I was going to say, it's going to be a
1: big one. Four, yeah. I was going to say like
2: 48 to. Uh, 48 17. I'm just going to be that bad. Okay, go for it, Joe. There could be that well at the well Buffalo played. Holy smokes. Going in against a tra- tough Titans team that's struggling. Yeah. uh, That'll be the first of the Monday night games. The so final one. This one we might be split, Joe. Mm. Vikings at Eagles. I'll let you have honors.
1: I'm going to go Philly. Philly, think, okay, there you I think go. Philly's Philly. going to be pretty solid. Justin Jefferson was looking pretty good uh, for Minnesota, but I think they're just going to kind of pull it out a little bit. I think if Philly wins this, it'll be kind of an upset because Minnesota just looked good.
2: Okay, how many differences do we have? Uh, I want to say we have four. I'll tell you how many we
1: have. Uh, we have one difference, two difference, three difference, and this will be fourth.
2: This will be fourth. Crap. Four okay. Out of, yeah, four yeah. Hopefully out of we don't. 60. Hopefully we don't tie. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings, though. I do think that they can win this game. Uh, I really liked what they did defensively, offensively. I think Dalvin Cook's going to get on track, and boy, Justin Jefferson, holy mackerel! Eagles' defensive secondary looked bad. We the Lions just gave him opportunities because Jalen Hurts can scramble. So I'm going to take the underdog on the road here. I'm going to go with the Respect. Vikes, and I think they're going to get two and zero and be on top. The NFC North. Who would have thought we would have said that at the beginning of the season? Joe? I respect that. Never would have
1: thought it myself. Yeah.
2: All right. Those are our picks. Make sure you check in next week to see how bad or good we did. Uh, thank you guys Hopefully for it's tuning good. in. Uh, and make sure to subscribe for more content coming soon. But all right, there's another week, Joe. Yep. Take care, everybody.